Thank you. 
Thank you. 
was built years back, renovated about 12, 13 years ago. 12, 13 years ago, it's already old. And God says, when you see the glory of the latter house, the glory of the former, can I see how we can say my picture does not matter? I want the word of God. Don't bring my picture when the word of God is there on the screen. I've advised you separately. It is not me, it's the world. Who amongst you that saw this house in a first glory? This is the first glory. And I remember when you saw this house in the former glory, when this came back, everybody said, wow. And I remember at that time, the altar was here. And the congregation was facing the altar this way. Where you have three-story building now, of like a centenaire. And you exit this auditorium through them. A reconstruction work was done. But that only lasted 10 years. By the time when the beauty of this house returned, you will see the glory of another house. Oh, nobody believes what I'm saying. You're asking me now, what is he going to do? What else is he going to do? Wait and see. Tell somebody, wait and see. Just make sure you are part of it. Say, make sure you are part of it. Say loud and clear. Say, make sure you are part of it. Say, I will be part of it. So God himself, let's, let's get serious. God himself, can you imagine what God is saying? We read so much about heaven in the Bible. And God suddenly makes us to understand that the heaven we have been talking about, wait and see. I will create another heaven. Can I have Revelation chapter 21? Revelation chapter 21. Even God himself is talking about something new. And I saw a new heaven. And they knew ah, the question you will ask is, where is the old heaven? That God, where God is dwelling now. Where God is dwelling now, God says it's going to be an old heaven. And I saw a new heaven it's and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth, what happened to them? They were passed away. They suddenly became old. And there were no more, but two. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem. What happened to the old Jerusalem? It's passed away, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. I want to say to somebody this morning, something new is coming your way. I repeat that again. If you catch it, you will get it. I prophesy over somebody's life this morning, a new wave of glory is coming your way. 
In verse 3, and God said, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and he will be their God. I'm going to verse 7. And God will wipe away their tears. May the Lord wipe away your tears. And there shall no more be dead, neither sorrow, neither cry. There shall no more be pain, for the traumatis are passed away. I prophesy no more weeping for you, no more sickness for you, no more sorrow for you, no more disaster in your family, no more barrier conduction in your household. By the authority of the name of Jesus, God who said I will do a new thing, he will do a new thing in your life. Can you imagine this? He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things what? New. May your marriage become new. May your hair become new. May your business become new. May your destiny become new. May your life become new. In the name of Jesus. And he said unto me, Write, for these things are true and faithful. Verse 7. And he said unto me, in verse 7. Verse 7. And go back to verse 6. Go back to verse 6. And he said unto me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. I will give unto him that is attached the fountains of water, of life. May you get it this morning. I'm prophesying over somebody's life today. A new wave of glory is coming your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. You can read when you get home to complement what I've just told you. Isaiah 65. Verse 12, Isaiah 65, verse 12, Isaiah 65, verse 17, and Isaiah 66, verse 12. What is the implication of that? Whenever God is to do something new, just as God has just spoken to you, he will be begging, God himself will be begging That you should forget about the old. It's like God is about to surprise somebody here. But your past is still haunting you. God is saying to you, forget about the old. I am about to do something new. He will surprise you. I say this once again. He will surprise you. Implication of that is this. 
whatsoever your condition is, and I beg you to listen very carefully, whatsoever your condition is or was, let me use the word was, because I'm now talking about your past life. Your past life about when did I take this mind? Let's assume about 20 minutes ago. I'm talking about your past life about 20 minutes ago. Whatever that your life situation may be, before you enter this auditorium, by the time when you are going out today, something new will be done in your life. Meaning what? You are not leaving this place the way you came in. So God is begging, begging, virtually begging, don't remember. Forget about the things of old. Don't remember. I will do a new thing. So, so in Second Kings chapter two, when you read from verse one to thirteen to eleven, verse one to eleven, Elijah was to go to heaven by a wild wind. The day to leave this world has come. And he told Elisha, go from Giga to Bethel, from Bethel to Jericho, from Jericho to Jordan, from Jordan across River Jordan. And each of those stages, Elisha was telling Elisha, God has sent me somewhere. Elijah, Elijah was saying, as I saw living, as I go living and as I saw living, I will not leave thee until I get to where you are going. So, suddenly, somehow, the chapter of Elijah ended. Those who will enjoy a new wave of glory will also have had a past life experiences. When I saw my son ministry I was telling myself how I wish I started at his age. How I wish I started at his age. In Second Kings chapter 7, I want to give you examples of the past and of the new. In Second Kings chapter 7, a man of God he was not knocking himself, his head, against anything. He was an ordinary man of God.
confronting your life will be over. By the time when you wake up tomorrow morning, I stand upon the altar of God. The siege confronting your life will be over. That was a new way. That new way was preceded by something in 2 Kings chapter 6. When you read from Acts 21 to 28 or to 30. 2 Kings chapter 6, reading from Acts 21 to 30. Which I will not be able to read because of time. But what happened was that the king of Syria led siege against the city called Samaria. He surrounded that city with his army. Nobody was able to go out, no food, no access to anything, and he got to the point. Can you come and check this mic if there's any mic that is giving you a feedback? Engineers, check if there's any mic that is on that is giving a feedback. So the king lay a siege. Nobody could do anything. No food, no money, no nothing. Suddenly, it became so dire that people were killing their children for food. That was the old way. The old way. The old way. And suddenly, a man of God appeared on the scene. Because the problem is so much. A man, an advisor of the king said, Ah, ah, oh man of God, even though you are talking about a new way, if God were to make widows in heaven, how can this new way bring such a solution in 24 hours? He didn't know it was God that was speaking. And of course, you know, the man of God said, all right, no problem, no argument, I have spoken. You will see it, but you will not text of it. That was the problem. That was the old way and the new way. You will enjoy a new way. <laughs> doubt will not rob you. I said doubt will not rob you. Job chapter 1. Give me verse 1 and verse 8. Job chapter 1. Give me verse 1 and 2. And then verse 8. And then you jump to verse 13. There was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job. That man was perfect and upright and one that feared God. And eschewed evil. Verse 2. 
And the Lord said, and there, verse 2, and there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. Go to verse 8. And the Lord said unto Satan, Have thou considered that man called Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect man, an upright man, a man that feareth God and eschew evil. Now, let me have New Living Translation of that verse. New Living. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man on the earth. He is blameless. A man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from what? From evil. What a testimony. Who was given this testimony about him? May God give testimony over your life. You know, one of the conditions of anybody who will enjoy a new wave of glory is this statement. For you to enjoy a new wave of glory in anointing, what God said about Job must be said over your life. Take note of it. A man, the finest man. And do you know during the time of Job, Job was one of the wealthiest men. One of the richest man on the surface of the earth. A finest man. A man that is blameless. What does it mean to be blameless? What does it mean to be blameless? You search and search and search. You are looking for errors in his life and you cannot find one. His private life, complete. His public life, complete. Are you aware that each and individual of us that is here, we have our private life, we have our public life. When you go to office, it's your public life. Everybody, the way you appear in the office, the way you carry your bar, the way you sit down, everybody in the office, oh, that man is a good man, and all of that. By the time when you enter your car, you are another man. By the time when you get home, where you have your dominion now, when your wife is talking, you say, keep quiet. Who is talking or you are talking? When your children are coming to welcome you, they run under the bed. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. A blameless man. Private life of Job was blameless. Public life of Job was blameless. Suddenly something happened. In Job chapter 13, excuse me, verse 13, the wind began to blow. The seven sons of Job one day died. The three daughters of Job one day died. What? A man that God gave this testimony about his life. Don't write off Job until you hear the last chapter of Job. Let nobody write you off until you hear your, your last chapter. Do you know the interesting thing? I, I preached a message to you in 2016. March 2017, I remember. The last chapter of your life will not be written by man. 
the last chapter of your life will be written by who? By God. No matter what anybody says about you now, wait for your last chapter. And may that your last chapter be very glorious. May that your last chapter be very glorious. And so, look at what happened in verse 19 of Joel chapter 1, verse 19. Suddenly, a powerful wind swept from the wilderness and hit the house of Job on all sides. The house collapsed and all the children are dead. I am the only one who escaped to tell you the story. And Job did what is so uncommon, what no one of you, me or any one of you will do. And Job went to God, bowed down before God in verse 20 and worshipped. And worshipped. Despite the losses that Job just suffered. And he does what? And he worshipped. And suddenly, God promised a new way. You remember? The wife of Job said, are you still holding that integrity that God talks about? Why don't you cause that God? And live your life. Job said, woman, why are you talking like a foolish person? I came naked. I will go naked. It pleases God to give. It pleases God to take. So no problem. He has taken. The Bible says, in verse 8, of Job chapter 2, verse 8 or verse 9 or 10. In all these things, Job did not sin against God. In verse 21 of Job chapter 1, the Bible says, in all these things, Job did not sin against God. So will it surprise you, therefore? A new wave suddenly came. Job held on. And anybody who will believe in a new wave must hold on. Hold on. There is an old wave. There is a new wave. So in Job chapter 42, suddenly God said, Job, I have examined you and you heard your integrity. Job 42, 12 to 13. The Bible says, a new wave blew and God restored unto Job everything that Job ever lost. I stand upon this altar by the ocean of the Holy Spirit. Every one of you who has lost anything, either this year or since coronavirus started, or for the past few years, or ever since your year started, I stand upon this altar. I call on the God of Job. May you receive restoration. May a new way of restoration blow over your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please be seated. Let me rush now. Because we want to do anointing. But you can't understand the anointing except you understand the preaching. The anointing you are about to receive is a new way of anointing. 
So let me go to Elijah and Elisha. The old anointing of Elijah started in 1 Kings chapter 17. The old anointing started in 1 Kings chapter 17 and ended in 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 11 when he departed the stage. That was the old way. The new way started in 2 Kings chapter 2 reading from verse 12 until Elisha gave up the ghost in 2 Kings chapter 13 when he died. But before Elisha stepped into the stage, God said to Elijah, anoint Elisha to take over from you. So Elisha waited and waited until the wave met for him to bring the double spirit of Elijah came upon him. A new wave of glory. What is glory? What is anointing? Moses asked God a question. In Exodus chapter 33, verse 18, Moses asked God, show me your glory. And God said, if you see what you are asking for, it will consume you. And God said, I will show you a little bit of my goodness, of my mercy, verse 19, of my compassion, of my faithfulness, and everything about me. I will show it to you. That is glory. So, when we talk about a new wave of glory, we are talking about the totality of God. The goodness of God. The mercy of God. The graciousness of God. And everything about that is about God. That is what is called glory. And that is the anointing. When you carry goodness, when you carry grace, when you carry God, when you carry mercy, anywhere you go, you are carrying God. So how do I come to that conclusion? Isaiah 28, verse 5. Isaiah 28, verse 5. God said, I am the glory. In that day shall the Lord of us be a crown of glory and of a diadem of beauty unto the residues of his people. What is the relevance of all of what I have been saying about anointing? Hmm. I prophesy over your life. May God be your crown. 
May, may God be the glory over your life. Wherever you go from today, may you carry God. May you carry the goodness of God. May you carry the mercy of God. May you carry the grace of God. May God be gracious unto you. When God therefore is your crown of glory, then you carry an anointing that is uncommon. So, Elijah got the double portion of the spirit of Elijah. And that is the new way. What qualifies a man for the new way? What qualifies a man for the new ways? Exactly the testimony that God gave over Job is what everybody must have. A man of integrity, a man that is blameless. In other words, your life must be blameless. Your life must be blameless. You must be a man of integrity. You must be a man that eschew evil. You must be a man that fear God. I don't want to go into all of those details. Those are messages for another day. But let me summarize that for you. You remember the person who gave Elijah, who gave Elijah the double portion of his spirit? Who is he? Who is he? What do you have as an opinion of that man? Elijah walked with Elisha for about eight years. For about eight years, they were working together. Elijah was a man that could not stand on righteousness. Elijah was a man who said to Ahab, it is your father's house, you idolatrous, that is troubling Israel. Elijah was a man who would not see white and call it black. So for him to have Elisha as a servant for eight years, Elisha must also be a very perfect man in the sight of God. No wonder God removed the anointing from Elijah put it upon him and doubled it. Hmm. For you to have a new wave of anointing, you must be humble. 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 You know what is called humility? Is there any bank manager here? Bank manager? Is there any medical doctor here? You are a medical doctor? Is there any... Is there any... Any manager, not bank manager? Or CEO. CEO. 
You're all CEO, eh? I know. I know. Amen to that. I say amen to that. Loud and clear, I say amen to that. I'm looking for somebody. I'm sorry, I don't know. I want somebody. We are all very important. No doubt about it. I don't want to come close because I'm not wearing my mask. I'm looking for... What do you do, sir? Wear your mask. What do you do? You are a marketing director. Come. You are the one I'm looking for. He looks ordinary. Is that not so? If he didn't say that, will you know he's a marketing director? Huh? In his office. I don't know his office. I don't know where he works. But let's take his introduction for the purpose of this, of this ministration. He has people under him, working under him. So he resumes in the office and just sit down. And so one day, they know that he comes to this church. One day, members of his staff just throwing, and they wanted to go to the toilet. And they found him cleaning the toilet, watching. And he saw somebody come and say, ah, let me clean it for you. And when he looked up, it's one of the staff in the office. I said, okay, ah, 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 ah. And he says, ah, in the presence of God, there is no ogao. Ogake. I am ordinary. That is what's called humility. Did you get it? Did you get it? When you make yourself know nobody. And God said, when you do that, what did he do? will do? He will lift you up. He will lift you up. So anybody who wants anointing must be what? Must be what? Must be humble. Go and sit down. You know, you know what? You, don't worry. I know I will get you. I get you. All of you who are hiding. I said doctors, you hide. I said lawyer, you hide. I said managing director, you hide. And I know you are here. I will get you. I will soon call you out to pray for you now, whether you are hiding or not. I will see whether you will come out or not. Okay. Who can get a double wave of anointing? Somebody who believes. You must do what? You must do what? You must do what? Maybe I should just use one point to draw that home. I want a double portion of your spirit. Elijah said, you have hearts for a hard thing. 
This thing you ask for is a hard thing. He said, but nevertheless, if you see me, when I'll be taken away from you, what do you do? You get it. And Elijah, Elisha believed. A man of faith. And so, the moment Elijah was taken off, what did he say? I saw you. I saw you. I have gotten it. I have gotten it. You know, do you know the anointing we are talking about? It's not like as if. Even though the mantle of Elijah fell down. And he took that mantle, held it like this, got to River Jordan and smote River Jordan with it. And River Jordan parted. And when he was saying, Lord God, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Where is the Lord God of Elijah? You know what God said? God said, I am here. The moment the river Jordan parted, that was when God said, uh -uh, I'm always with you. And then the river parted. Anointing is not something that you see physically. It's a gift from who? From God. Something is about to happen to your life. By God's grace, I'll be fasting, waiting for this service. And I ask God that according to Acts chapter 10, verse 38, God said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good, healing those oppressed of the devil, setting the captives free, delivering those who are up in captivity, for God was with him. And I ask God, if you are the one that anointed Jesus, anoint us, and he will do it this morning. Let me round up. Let me round up. What is the purpose of the anointing? Now, before I ask for the purpose of the anointing, I'm going to ask you to pray because, you see, Elisha, Elijah asked Elisha, what do you want? He didn't ask him that question until they crossed the river Jordan. And that makes a lot to me. They left Giga, Bethel, Jericho, Jordan. And it was when they crossed River Jordan that he asked the question. And Elijah said, give me the double portion of your spirit. If you do not ask, Americans will say, if you don't ask, you don't get. That is, that is, a, that is a way of life in America. Even if it is your entitlement, if you do not ask for it, nobody will give it to you. So Elisha asked, and Elijah could not deny him. He said, all right, no problem. If you can see me, you get it. So what is the purpose of the anointing? 
So the moment he got the anointing, now I ask you to mark somebody somewhere in your Bible. And let me quickly go there and tie your anointing to it. Anointing that you get now is to solve the problem of your life. Oh, you don't get it. The anointing you are about to get is to solve the problem associated with your life. <laughs> Listen to this. Elijah called down fire from heaven. When you read 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 38, you read from verse 28 down, Elijah called down fire from heaven. The fire of the Lord fell. The fire fell. A man that can call down fire from heaven. He couldn't solve a problem. Elijah, as anointed as he was, couldn't solve a problem. It was when I was doing the study of Elijah that I knew that Elijah himself was not even a complete man. As powerful as he was. God gave him some instruction. That is a message for another day. He didn't carry them out. But God took him to heaven, nevertheless. But the point is this. The moment the double portion of the spirit of Elijah was released upon Elisha, there was a problem that had been lingering in Jericho. Are you aware that when Elijah was going to heaven, he passed through where? He passed through where? Oh, answer me, please. He passed through Jericho. And that was not the first time. Let me, let me get back here. That was not the first time Elijah will pass through Jericho. The theologians say that Elijah and Joshua, they carry the same level of anointing. The anointing of Elijah could not solve the problem of Jericho, the siege against Jericho. Yet, Elijah passed through that place and the people, the sons of the prophets, the entire people of the nation, they realized that Elijah carried anointing. Why I'm emphasizing this to you is to let you know the spirit that is about to rest upon you. So, when Elisha got the double portion of the spirit of Elijah and he returned, according to 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 19 to 21, the Bible said the, the entire people of the, of the city ran to him and said, Oh man of God, this nation is a problem. We have a siege. Anybody who conceives in this nation has an aborted child. No problem, no business ever succeeds. Nothing works. Everything is bad. It takes the double portion of the anointing of Elijah to be able to kill the siege over Jericho. When you get this oil this morning, Every siege over your life will come to an end. I want to say that again. When you get this oil, 
every siege over your life, over your family, over your children, over your business, over your health, we come to an end. The woman of the issue of blood said, if only. Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus said, if only you will believe. The woman by issue of blood said, if only I can touch him. Your faith. What robbed that man in 2 Kings chapter 7 who said, ah, if only God were to make windows in heaven. Would it ever happen? It was because he disbelieved. I say it the third time. When you are anointed, this anointing you are about to get, it will terminate all the siege over your life. So anointing, according to Isaiah 10, 27, destroy yokes, terminate siege, bring an end to problems in the life of a man. We are a little bit quite much of many this morning. We have almost the same number of people downstairs, upstairs. I've gone upstairs. We have quite a crowd in the house this morning. Those of you who are downstairs, you may then know you have as large number of people upstairs as you have downstairs. I pray to the God of heaven, the anointing you are about to receive will terminate every siege over your life. Who can receive it? Doubters don't get it. Doubters. That man said, if God were to make windows in heaven, it can't even be. The man of God said, no problem, but you will see it, you will not taste of it. Are you here? And you are saying inside of you, how will this thing be? Leave the rest for God. How God will work it out. Bow down your heads. Bow down your heads. We'll be doing anointing service every month. Anointing service is not an ordinary service. I want you to lift up your voice unto God. I leave it for you. What do you want? Elijah asked Elisha. What do you want? What do you want God to do for you today? With this anointing. Elijah asked him, What do you want? God is giving you a blank check like he gave Elijah, Elisha. Elisha knew what he was looking for. What are you looking for in the presence of God today? Are you looking for a child? Are you looking for a marriage? Are you looking for an employment? Are you looking for healing? 
Are you looking for deliverance? What do you want? If you like yourself, you pray. Because what you ask is what you will get. The man of God said you have asked for a hard thing. There is nothing too hard for God to give. If you ask, you will get it. You ask in faith. You believe in faith. What do you want? That is what God is asking you this morning. What do you want? What do you want? I want you to begin to bring your prayer to a close. Remember, Hannah said to God, I don't just don't want any child. I want a male child. It was, she was very specific. Elisha was not just looking for anointing. He said, I want double. What do you want? You better open your mouth. You really better open your mouth and talk to God. As the law lives, go and mark this day down. As the law lives, a new wave of anointing is coming upon you this morning that will terminate all the siege over your life. But you must know what you are looking for. Are you looking for a husband? Are you looking for a wife? Are you looking for children? Are you sick? And you want to be healed? The anointer is here. The God Almighty himself. What do you want? Oh Lord God. Begin to bring your prayer to a close. Please don't lift up your head yet. Close it as you are praying. Close your eyes. Bow down your heads as you are praying. Please. I beg you in the name of God. While you are praying, if you know that you need to sort some things out in your life. Certain things you engage your life in that you don't like. Certain things that God himself looking down over your life does not like what you are doing. And you want to say, I want to stop it. You want God to help you to stop it. Can you raise up your hand wherever you are? Certain things you are doing, you don't like it, it is wrong, you know it is wrong, but you are doing it nevertheless, but you want to stop. And you want to ask God to help you to stop. You know it. Whether once in a while you tell lies, and you just hate telling lies, you just don't like that thing you are doing. And God himself doesn't like what you are doing. You yourself, you hate it. Wherever you are, raise up your hand above your head. Thank you for all these hands that are raised up.
Please, raise it up very well. Raise it up above your head. Those hands, don't, let, don't bring them down yet. Just raise them up, please. Raise those hands up. Something is about to happen to your life this morning. Raise them up. You are doing some things. You know what you are doing is wrong. God knows what you are doing is wrong. And you want to stop. I didn't mention any particular thing, but you know it yourself. And you want God to help you to stop. Raise up your hand. Raise up your hand. Raise up your hand. Thank you for these hands. There are quite a number of them. Thank you very much for these hands. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name as you honored God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. To you alone be praised. I want all of you bow down your heads. Everyone, those who are upstairs, who raised up their hand, can you find your way downstairs, please? Those of you upstairs, who raised up your hand, can you find your way downstairs? And those of you who receive cards downstairs, can you find your way to this altar? Whether you are an old member, whether you are a worker, whatsoever it is, I don't care whether you are a pastor, anything you are, it doesn't matter to God. It is your life. Just find your way to this altar. It's not about, oh, I am a Christian. I have been a Christian for long. Please, just come. Those of you who raise up your hand, don't sit down. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. I don't know whether you know you are the one that accepts yourself. You are the one who knew that what you are doing is wrong. And you decided that you are not going to continue anymore. That is as simple as that. So please come. It's the Holy Spirit that has helped you to convert your heart. Put your, your right hand on your chest. Every one of you. And say this after me. Lord Jesus, I love you. You first loved me. And I thank you for loving me. And you died for me. I appreciate your death on the cross of Calvary. I take these decisions today. Recognizing that certain things are wrong in my life. And I want to stop it. I can't stop it by myself. I need your help. As I surrender myself to you now, step into my life. Take over my life. Help me to stop what does not glorify your name in my life. From today, I give my life to you. I will follow you all the days of my life. Give me your Holy Spirit. Forgive me all my sins. Write my name in the book of life and give me assurance of salvation. To the end of my life, I will love you. I will serve you. I will obey you. Half my life, I give it to you. In Jesus' name we have prayed. As you have prayed, May the God of heaven 
accept your prayers, forgive you your sins, show you mercy, write your name in the book of life, give you a new life. And today, may you experience a new wave of anointing. Beginning from now, may your life be transformed. May your life be changed. So shall it be. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. I have not asked you to open your eyes. I have not asked you to open your eyes. All of you who are in front, those of you who are in front alone, open your eyes. Look to your left, to your right hand side, to your right hand side, and follow that sister that is holding a stick. Can you go now? And you will come back very soon. Very soon. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The world behind me.